but you just have to keep being consistent because, you know, one week you can have no deals and the next week you can have three. So you just have to keep getting those letters out, keep making those offers. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. What's going on, Rhino Nation? I have an incredible episode for you today. I have Mr. Morris Nance. He has a powerful story, an extremely powerful story. This guy literally has overcome some massive, massive odds. His back was completely against the wall when I met him. And during the podcast, I actually got a little bit more information about Morris that I had no clue about. If anybody ever had to make it, it was Morris. If this guy couldn't do it, if he didn't do it, he was probably going to be facing some big, big financial loss. He's had a baby coming or he does have a baby coming. And this was such a great episode. I'm not even going to spill the beans. I'm just going to go ahead and open it right up. Morris Nance, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Man, it's my pleasure. You lit my fire on the support call the other day, last week, or actually it was earlier this week, not even last week. I was feeling some pressure. I was feeling some stress when you came into the Land Sharks. Then you shared some information right when you came in. And like a couple of days later, we talked and you shared some more information. I was feeling like my back was against the wall. But before we get into that, why I felt like my back was against the wall, I knew I was like putting myself in your shoes, what I felt like you were going through. So I'd love to share with that. But before we do, let's jump into it. What's the family life look like? What did you do before you got into land investing? Oh, man. Um, actually, a large part of my story. I believe I told you my age before, but I'm, I'm about to be 31 this month. I'm not happy about that. I feel old. You're so young. <laughs> <But what> are <laughs> you t- <laughs> I don't I don't feel, I don't, I don't like it. I want to still be in my 20s. I want some of those back. But um, I actually went to prison very young in my, in my life. Like 30 days after I turned 18, I went to prison. I was in prison for 12 years. Oh my um, gosh. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I really just came home from prison last year. And, God bless um, you, man. I, Welcome home. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, you know, while I was in there, I just, I was uh, what you would basically call a, a model inmate. Study, I took all kind of classes and courses, and uh, I went to college. I became a licensed HVAC technician, electrician. I did everything that was available. But um, years ago, I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And ever since I read that book, I really knew that I wanted to do something with real estate. I just didn't know how I was going to make it happen. But I just, I read book after book and I just really studied. I had my mindset. So when I came home last year, you know, that was one of the biggest things on my list. Like get a job, start making some money, save up, find out how I'm going to get into the real estate, to the real estate investment. So I kind of stumbled into wholesaling. Friend of mine, she um, told me about Brent Bowers because she knew that I was interested in land. So she told me I had never heard of Brent Bowers at all. I had never heard of the land shark. So I just uh, I looked you up on YouTube, seen a bunch of videos and stuff, and I just reached out. And um, that's basically how I got to, to meeting you. 
Boy, am I glad you Definitely a crazy story that you probably wasn't expecting. Oh my gosh. My socks are blown off here. Like I've got goosebumps on my arms. I'll tell you, I just did a podcast interview with Chris Meeks. He also was in prison before land investing. You've got to go back and look at that one. I I had to figure out what episode it was, but it was just a couple of weeks ago. That's just mind blowing. 12 years, man. Like that is, that is tough. You know, yeah. it's, it's almost next to impossible to get a job. Like you have the odds stacked against you and here you are became an HVAC technician in prison. Like my hat's off to you, man. Like that's, that's like honorable. Like most people just kind of would just go under a rock. That's, that's crushing. What would you say is your biggest lesson of having to go through all that? What would you say that's done for you? Would you say that's giving you like discipline or, you know, just grit? Like, like literally the rhino, like, cause you're a rhino. You are literally the definition of a rhino. I would say the biggest thing that I learned from my early mistakes would be the, um, to really just understanding like the consequences come with decisions. Like that's one of the biggest things that come with maturity and being an adult is you, you have responsibility and, and decision-making is like one of the biggest responsibilities that we have. And so, you know, when you're young, you're coming up in a bad neighborhood, you, you have all kinds of influences and you're not thinking about consequences and you just, you know, doing what everyone else does. You can find yourself in a situation that you can't just get yourself. Sorry, doesn't just get yourself out of it, you know. So that's one of the biggest things, like really thinking about what I'm gonna, what I'm doing, and the consequences that come behind it, whether that be good consequences or bad. And um, also, just it, it also just gave me like a, a level. Of, I wouldn't say discipline. I'll just say maybe grit, because you know, even when something isn't easy, like, like it can be done. Like it's a way that it can be done. Like, I, I know that I can do it. I just have to figure out how it may be difficult, but you know, you got to be able to go over those roadblocks. Most things in life that are worth having, like they say, it's not easy. If it was easy. Everybody would be doing it. So true. Grit, grit, man. you got the grit. you got grit and determination. Well, let's go to that first welcome call. Like you call, like I'm, or I call you actually, Hey, welcome to the land sharks. So happy to have you. And like, you told me I'm working all these hours. I just, I think you had just found out you were pregnant or it wasn't, it wasn't too long. Like, yeah, like tell yeah. me about that. We, we were, we were kind of early on. I think we might've been two or three months pregnant. It wasn't too long ago. We're seven now. So it's been, a, it's been a few months. Yeah. Yeah. And then you called me about two weeks later and then, then what happened? <laughs> uh, I lost my job. So I had a good job. You know, I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. So the cost of living isn't too bad. I was making $19 an hour. I was making good money. I was comfortable I was getting my savings together a little bit. And I got offered a higher paying job at $23 an hour. So um, they had me put my two week notice in. They had me quit the other job, you know, and the job that I was in originally, if you quit, you're not allowed to even reapply for over 90 days. So I quit that job. And when I, when it was time for me to start orientation at the new job, they rescinded their offer. So I was instantly jobless and, you know, I had just got an apartment, me and my girlfriend, she's pregnant, she's not working. Uh, it was just, I was terrified, you know, I didn't have a lot of money saved up at the time. You know, I was, it was, it felt like really desperate times. Like I was kind of, I was kind of scared. So what did you do? Cause I remember I was thinking, oh shoot, <laughs> like, oh shoot. And 
literally, it's not easy for like, I already mentioned this. Like when you get out of prison, it's hard to get a job. Like people don't want to hire you. So you literally just got a higher offer paying job and then they took it back. It's not like you can just go work anywhere. No, and I'm, I was seeing at that point, like the other jobs I'm in, I'm uh, like applying for, they're offering 12, $13. I just gave up a, a much better job than this. So, I mean, you know, me and you had that conversation. You basically told me like, you know, it's time to buckle down. Like you got to make it happen right now. However many letters you've been sending out, send more. So like, I think I, at the time I was sending maybe 200 letters a week or something. I think I like doubled that. I, I really doubled down. I started sending, but I believe that I wasn't getting as many accepted offers because my pricing wasn't right. I was offering like way too low, and I didn't realize that yet. I made a lot of mistakes too. Like I feel like my next three months will be a lot better than my past for sure. You made a lot of mistakes really quickly because, I mean, how long? Maybe two months. Yeah. I mean, basically, like, I know one mistake I made, I was offering way too little. Like, I, I wasn't offering enough. And I didn't really realize that my offers were much too low until I reached out to a local realtor in the area. Um, I've been working with her ever since. She does a lot of land deals. So she's taught me a lot. And, like, she kind of helped me get my price in order. I was offering, like, maybe, I believe I was offering, like, six to $6,500 per acre. That's not what I was offering. That's what I was, um, that's what I was perceiving the retail value to be. Where the retail value was more like 8,000. And I'm offering a low, I'm, I was offering 30% to that 6,000. Where I should have been offering more like 40% to that 8,000. So my offers were in the end, like, you know, sometimes double digit, double digit too low, double digit thousands too low. So I was just not getting any responses. Or the people that did respond, they weren't interested in selling at all. So I, I feel like I lost a lot of opportunities with that. Well, it sounds like it was a blessing finding that uh, that realtor. How did you find that realtor? Basically from, you know, what you taught me in the course, I believe it was a red, I don't remember if it was red thin or Zillow, but I basically uh, went in that area, looked at all the land deals that had sold in like the last four, three or four months. And um, is it red thin that shows you like both agents yeah, I did exactly what you did. I, what you told me. I made a whole list of every agent I seen, and whichever agents I seen name pop up the most, I started calling. Them. So absolutely, what we do in the Land Sharks is we don't want to go out there and maybe get lucky. We want to find the land sales specialist. And you go on Redfin, you look at the land that sold in the last, you know, let's just say thirty days in that area that you're in that zip code. And I want you to click on every one of those solds. When you click on those solds, you're going to see the listed by. That's the listing agent for that land. That's the one that listed it with the seller. And then you're going to see the bought by agent. That's the buyer's agent. That's the, that's the agent that brought the buyer that's paying. Sometimes you'll see the listed by and the bought by. It's the same name. I copy and paste. What, what Morris did, he copied and pasted every single one of those people. And if Jim Jones kept popping up, he's going to call Jim Jones first. And then if Jim Jones doesn't call him back, he's going to call the next one that keeps popping up. So we have found some tremendous, amazing real estate agents that specialize in land doing that. Let's go to the letters. Like, how did you pick your market? Because I know that was a big, a big concern right there. And I was like, Tennessee is awesome. You know, how did you pick that market? What made you decide well, to start mailing right there? Well, um, basically, um, it was a few different areas that I was thinking about um, getting into um, in my state. But what ended up making me go with the area that I chose is because it was, for one, it was close to where I live. 
So I felt like if necessary, if, we, if I needed to go out there or if I needed to, you know, JV with somebody and have them go out there to the property, you know, we could get there within 45 minutes, you know, an hour. I didn't want to have it somewhere too far away. And also there was a lot of deals been done there. Like I went and looked at like how many um, uh, land deals had closed in the last, I think it was 90 days or 50 days. And they were, there was a lot of land being sold. So I could tell that like, okay, this market has buyers. Like, like people are, are interested in buying land there. So I just, I just jumped into it. That became my playground and I dove in. I love it. I love the fact that you said 45 minutes away, you can get there. You can meet a buyer, you can meet a seller, you can take photos of the land. And you also said it's where deals are happening. And I, I like seeing the deals happening because I can go on Zillow or Redfin, just like we just mentioned, look at the past 30 days, see what the half acre parcels, or let's just say it's a three acre parcel, see what the three acre parcels are selling for. Let's just say that 10 of them sold. I can take all 10 of them and add each one of them up and divide it by 10. That's going to give me the average price. That's what that realtor helped you out with. And now I know yeah. what to offer. I know what I can sell it for. That's amazing. So what did the, uh, you said you're sending out, you know, a couple hundred a week. What did that offer letter look like? Basically, um, I just used the, uh, the examples you gave in the course. I didn't really change too much. The only thing I changed in it, I added um, a part that says that this is just a uh, agreement is assignable. And I added a little section in that said, um, basically it gave me the right to market the property before closing. So the, the, the moment they sign it or send it back or agree, I'll go ahead and start like trying to see if I can find a buyer that kind of helped me to determine like how I'm going to, how I'm going to close this deal. Like, you know, what kind of method am I, I going to try to buy this? Am I going to go ahead and wholesale it and assign it to someone else? Which is what I ended up doing. I, I signed all my deals so far. But yeah, the first deal I did, the one I told you about, the, the bigger one, I offered twelve thousand. Believe that was thousand. Believe that was like thirty percent of um, what we perceived to be a retail value. I actually listed that one on the MLS for, I believe it was thirty nine thousand. Did you buy it and list it, or did you just list your contract on the MLS with a realtor? No, we we just we just listed the contract. Um, my wow. realtor, you know, she spoke to um. She spoke to her broker and they didn't, they felt that there's no issue with it. You know, as long as the purchase agreement was right, I turned that into her, gave her all the paperwork. She, uh, you know, they were in contact with the, with the seller. He just wanted his money. He wasn't interested in what else happened. As long as he get his 12,000, that's all that he, that's all he that didn't care what you were doing. As long as he got his 12,000. Now, did you send, did you give the land offer letter that, that you said was assignable directly to the broker or did you have him? fill out another purchase agreement on top of that. I believe on that one, I sent him, I believe I sent him a new purchase agreement. Okay. That was just a little bit more detailed. Yeah. Um, you know, that basically just like closing dates and kind of locked all of that stuff in. I believe I said the closing date at like 45 days just to give me a little bit of, a little bit of cushion, a little bit of room. And I, and I basically, I think we just docu-signed that. Sent it to him in his email. You know, he signed it, sent it back, and I sent that purchase agreement to, to the realtor company. But I sent both of them to it. Hey, Rhino Nation. It's me, Brent Bowers. I hope you are enjoying this episode of Morris. Holy cow, he is spitting some pure gold. Man, the things that he has overcome. Please share this episode with someone that needs to hear this, someone that needs inspiration, someone that needs a lift up off the couch and to cancel the Netflix and start 
living, start winning, start creating a life that they want to have, you know, start taking their time on their weekends, not to escape the life that they're in, but to build the life that they want in their future. So please share this episode. And if you haven't done so already, please go on and rate and review this podcast. Please only five stars, but also rate and review or review it and leave a little comment that really helps us in the algorithm and also finds more people that we can help today. Thank you so much. That's phenomenal, man. And, and anybody listening to this, like what does assignment mean? Basically what Morse is talking about, he got it under contract for $12,000. He was going to sign his contract that he got. So he's basically going to sell his contract to someone else. So let's get into that. So you listed it on the MLS with a realtor. You found a buyer. I assume that the desk buyer have cash or was, was the buyer getting a loan? How did that work? No, they, they paid cash. Ultimately, I ended up selling for 30. Um, somebody made an offer for 34. I, I, I took that. And then he, he came back and he, he wasn't able to close for 34. He was like an antique car seller or something. And basically something didn't go through with his finance. And he was just basically asking, like, I know I, I told you I had 34, but could we please do 30? I have cash. I can close right now tomorrow. So I was $30,000. And I have it under contract for 12. So I was just like, let's do it. Holy cow. Hold on. Let me ring the victory bell. You got the property under contract for $12,000 and you sold it for $30,000. That is incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. What did you net? What did you, what did you get a check for? What did that check look like? Um, my check was just under 15,000 because I had to pay the, um, uh, the real estate agent 10%. So they got uh, right at 3,000. 10% of the 30. So I believe I, my check, I think my check was, would have been like almost 18, but I got like almost 15. Heck with that $23 an hour, you're making $15,000. <laughs> How many hours you put into that? <laughs> maybe two or three, maybe yeah. two to three maybe hours. Two wow. Three hours in that deal total. Yeah. So about six grand an hour is what you, you went from $19 an hour to $23 an hour to $6,000 an hour. $6,000 an hour. Quite the and jump. Just, that that's was just, that's just one deal. One deal. One deal. You talk about. Well, you talk like you've done multiple here in the past couple of weeks. Are I've there others? Three. Three deals. Uh, yeah, I've done three. The other ones were, were smaller, but they were they were very similar. I believe one of the deals, the last one I just closed, I netted twenty two hundred dollars, and um, the offer price the offer price to the seller was six hundred. I think it was six hundred and thirty dollars or something. We listed it for forty five hundred or something. We ended up selling it for thirty five hundred dollars to the next door neighbor. The neighbor. Really I love selling really to the neighbor. To, yeah, we really didn't even have to market that one. Um, actually, my agent, because she lives in the town that I'm investing in, so just about forty five minutes to an hour from me. And so this property was actually landlocked. You know, meaning there was no access to the land from the road. Like you had to technically trespass over other people's property to get to this particular property. So she was going to um, go and measure like from the road to the property, like how many feet back, because it was like two lots away from the road. And um, we were going to start the process to try to figure out how we could get an easement put in place. But while my agent was there to figure out how many feet from the road the property was, she asked the owner, of the large property, you know, by the road, did she mind if she walked through to get to the property? So she told her she didn't mind, but she wanted to know, well, you know, what are you going back there for? She's like, well, you know, my client is selling the piece of property back there. 
she was like, well, I didn't hear about this. I want it. Why ain't nobody asked me if I could buy it? And she was like, you, you can buy it, ma'am. You can get it if you want. So we sold it to her for home. Thirty-five hundred. I didn't. We really didn't feel like we could negotiate with it because even if we didn't sell it to her, if we, I had higher offers. I had like an offer for five thousand, forty-five hundred, but we needed her for the evening. So I felt like if we didn't sell to her, she was going to make it like difficult to get that evening. She the, wasn't going to be. Yeah, take the twenty-two hundred dollar win and keep moving. Yeah, I love it. I so the realtor excited. goes to measure and sells the land. Didn't even go to the MLS. People are always asking, how do I sell land? Talk to the neighbors, put a sign out. That's just incredible. That's I bet you that crazy. neighbor would have saw that sign. <laughs> yeah, she would have seen that sign. It's crazy because I had just seen that in the course. So in my mind, I had typed up a letter. I was going to mail it to the lady anyway. I was going to mail it to her and the other property owners around that property. And I did. I got it typed up, didn't even get to mail it out. My realtor called me back and she was like, I got the land sold to the neighbors. Oh my gosh, man. That's incredible. That's incredible. And then you'd mentioned easement just so everyone's tracking the, the land was not accessible by a road. You pretty much had to trespass against someone else's land and easement would allow you to go across that person's land and not trespass and get to your land. So that makes it a little tricky. So I'm so glad that that neighbor wanted it. That is so amazing. Well, tell me about that third one. Well, the third one, um, we got it. We got it under contract for the third one. Was it was it was kind of tricky. It was ah, it was it was a headache, and it was actually like right around the time, like right before I met you. But it, it lasted all. It was one. It was at a time where I really had no direction. I didn't know what I was doing. I was going on prop streams, sending pulling lists and sending letters, and I ended up on basically I locked up a property, a large amount of lots, ten of them, and they were completely overpriced. We locked them up at like I believe it was four hundred and ninety thousand, and this is a very very nice neighborhood in my in it was in my city. It's a very very expensive neighborhood. The average you know homes that's being built there now are you know six seven hundred thousand. So in my mind, I'm figuring like okay, if I get these locked up at forty nine thousand a piece. You know, even if I could sell them for ten percent of whatever a home would go for once it was built. I felt like I had we had cushion of where we could at least make three, four, five thousand per property. But long story short, I'm not gonna bore you. It's the biggest headache I've ever had in my life. The guy who sold them was trying to sell them to us. He basically he had already been trying to sell these properties at lower prices to the investors in my city, which we didn't know about. But it didn't work out. Obviously, I wasn't able to sell it. But Long story short, I hired an attorney that helped us with it. We negotiated with the guy, and I ended up making $2,500 out of it. Got $2,500 back. So that's kind of like a win. I didn't actually sell the properties, but I, I made a little bit of money. That's amazing. So an aggravation yeah. still paid you. Man, you were jumping right into it. 490000 What I would you say? I thought that was going to be the one that really set me up. Yeah, I, I went for it out. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was just like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try to figure this thing out. Didn't work out um, the way we wanted it to, but I learned so much. Uh, the experience oh, was imagine. really in, invaluable. I learned so much. Sometimes we just got to mm-hmm. bite off more than we can chew. I mean, that's really how we learn. You know, that that's mm-hmm. really it. And my friend Dolph DeRue says, the deal of the lifetime comes around at least once a week, as long as you're looking. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to come across another one. Yeah. And I mean, 
it was uncomfortable. But the way I look at it, you know, anytime you're doing anything, especially great or especially something like like worthwhile, it's not going to be comfortable. We all have that like fear of failing. You know, nobody wants to fail. You know, nobody nobody wants to feel like they, they didn't succeed. So it's always scary and uncomfortable, you know, making especially bigger moves like that. But got to just go for it because if it goes yeah. right, you know, that could be life changing. That's what I love about you, Morris. You just went for it. You jumped right into it. You just took action. You called a couple times with great questions. You're like, hey, do I do that? And you just kept going. You just kept rhinocerosing, like charging right through there. What would you say would be the best advice that you can give to someone that's just struggling or not sure where to start or just nervous? I mean, your first deal was huge, like you're, that you're going for. What would you say to that person that just needs some motivation or some direction to get started? Just be consistent. That's the most important thing I've been through, you know, that feeling like things aren't going, you know, the way you need them to or the way you want them to. And, not knowing should I keep doing this, is this going to work or not? But you just have to keep being consistent because, you know, one week you can have no deals and the next week you can have three. So you just have to keep getting those letters out, keep making those offers. And um, another another thing I like to mention, the deal that I got, I actually had mailed that letter off three months before. So just because you're not hearing anything right now, like it may take a couple months before the seller even, even responds. You know, just because you're sending letters and you aren't getting any responses right this minute, it doesn't mean that they're not coming. So you just have to be consistent. Keep getting those letters out and they, they will come. Man, I love it. Such great advice. Be consistent. And sometimes it just takes time. We can't plant an orange tree today and live off of it tomorrow. Morris, thank you so much for sharing all that. How can people get in touch with you? You can find me on um, Facebook. Just look me up on uh, my name, Morris Nance. M-O-R-R-I-S-N-A-N-C-E. My Snapchat is MorrisNance24. And my Instagram is Nance.Morris. Ladies and gentlemen, Morris Nance, spelled M-O-R-R-I-S, Nance, N-A-N-C-E. Guys, you heard it. You heard it. Morris literally just got, I mean, he did 12 years in prison. He was He was educating himself, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad while incarcerated, getting his HVAC technician, like you're, you're just a champion. Like you just take action. You're pulling the trigger. You're bettering yourself. You got a child on the way. You were, your back was against the wall. Now the listener knows what I'm talking about. Like Rhino Nation understands what I was talking about when I first opened this up. Like you weren't only just having a baby, but you lost your job, like your amazing job for another one, a bigger one. And then you pulled it off. You did three, three deals in a very short amount of time, one of those deals, $15,000. I wish I would have made $15,000 on my first deal. I mean, I made like $4,700 on my first deal, net profit. So my hat's off to you, Morris. I appreciate you taking action. I thank you for sharing this and being vulnerable and being a go-giver. We have nothing but go-givers in this Rhino tribe. And guys, if you're listening to this, like I want you right now to go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. Fill out the application, schedule a call. And if we like what you have to say, we might even invite you in to be a rhino just like Morris. Thanks, Morris. God bless you, man. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. 
We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.